Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Silent he lies, fur warm from the crackling fire. Mud from the fens, matted in. Water splashes from the metal bowl. For all may drink at the moon underwater. I'm Robbie Knox and I'm the landlord of the moon underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Oh, Dan, how are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you, Robbie. Dan, you? very well, thank you. Look, out, out of breath, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been bark rubbing. Have you? Yeah. Strenuously? Yeah. Well, I, as you know, I'm trying to um, document every single tree mm. in the in correct realm. realm. Yeah. Yeah. How's and that been going? It's been going very well. What, what percentage do you say you're up to? About 43%. There's quite a lot of trees here. I, I think I should have done just the types of tree, but I set myself a target of every tree oh right yeah That's and then i'm hoping that in the snug i can have a little exhibition when it's all done what of, of the rubbing yes the rubbing okay yeah. well um how, how, how does one bark rub what do you do you get a piece of paper and some crayon and then you push the paper against the bark and then you rub the crayon on it have you written down which tree corresponds to which rubbing uh no right so you, you might have to start again then yeah uh, Awkward. Mm. Awkward. I really enjoyed um, from you, Dan, yep. uh, your your talk at the Correct Realm Drama Society last night. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, really good. Really good. Very Thanks. passionate you are yeah, yeah, about yeah. your drama. Yeah. I had to nip off before the end, though, because mm. I missed the last bit. Yeah. So I wonder if you could just fill me in on what you're saying. As I recall, you're about to explain your novel interpretation of Samuel Beckett's 1953 play Waiting for Godot. Yes, I was. 
Well, it, um, which, which bit did you leave on? I left just about when you said I'm going to explain a very novel, never discussed before, interpretation of Samuel Beckett's 1953 play, Lady Forgotto. Well, I, I said that it was, um, uh, you know, the film Finding Nemo? Yes. I've got a theory that Finding Nemo is, is kind of plagiarised Waiting for Godot. In what way? In, in the way that the characters in Waiting for Godot are lost and looking for, you know, worrying about death. Right. And then Finding Nemo took that idea and, and stole it and they, they got away with it. Right. Yeah. I can't the, remember the, the plot for Finding Nemo, so you've kind of got away with it. Yes, yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, I, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Dad, before you... I know you probably have more. Did you have more to say then? No, no, no. no? Oh, right, OK. But, but I will tell you something. That won't be the last time Samuel Beckett is mentioned today. Sinister. Mm. <laughs> well, absolutely terrifying. Who is that out the window there, though? Paddleboarding down the stream to the moon underwater. I think... Is that the YouTuber and former London mayoral candidate, Max Fosh? Hey guys, how are you? God, I mean, I just, I was outside and there are a lot of trees in this neck of the woods. There I'll are a lot of trees, aren't they? Yeah. Dad's actually been bark rubbing, has he? Bark rubbing? Yeah. Is that when you, is that sexual or is that a... Well, I mean, it, it is, is when Dan does it. It is pleasurable, yes. <laughs> nice, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. yeah, lots of trees, yeah. lots of different trees, deciduous trees and... Yeah. The other ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but well, it's great to be yeah, here. It's can, good, can it's I leave good my... to have someone else with a knowledge of trees. Where can I just um, put my paddleboard? Uh, just just um, hang it on the paddleboard rack. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, God, I didn't see <laughs> that. God, there's a lot of them, aren't there? Yeah, yeah 700 <laughs> in today. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's quite popular in the correct realm at this time of year. Yeah, yeah all for the winter. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, very, very popular. How was your journey through the realms? Um, wonderful, actually, mm. yeah. You've, the, there's a very um, helpful connection of streams from um, where I'm staying all the way um here so actually it was just very simple there was a few uh, men of the lock that i that i waved at mm, and nice. gave a few um you know a uh, piece of copper to, to let me on my way but no it's nice to, to have it's a drink because a lot of people too. don't carry copper these days no no we don't economy um i know exactly and they were quite surprised considering they only took pound sterling but um <laughs> they were they were very very excited to you know to quite go quite old school and, yeah. and take actual uh awe uh, as it were <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't have laws discussed on this I podcast. Know. I've always, always been saying that. Always. Uh, always. Almost <laughs> constantly, really. Yeah, Too much. Yeah. Um, for people who don't know your work, Max, how yeah. do you describe what you do? Oh, yeah. Go on. I'm um, I'm what is known as a YouTuber. Heard of those. I know. They are they are a, like a difficult breed. Um, like XL bullies. They're, <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> never in the news for anything good. <laughs> Um, uh, and I do things that exclusively are very silly, um, from legally becoming my parents' favourite child, um, to running for London mayor legitimately, yeah. coming second last, even though my main manifesto point was don't vote for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I've, uh, done other things like cooking a, a an Iceland ready meal in an active volcano. Um, oh, I tell you what I enjoyed was when you brought to life caviar yes i hatched a fish from supermarket that was, caviar that was incredible yeah matt's fish i don't know yeah. what he's up to now but he's in his retirement pond um and well, you, you threw him into that pond yeah which i, I mean, felt people, was a, yeah i tossed him you to tossed a new him. life yeah, yeah, yeah i tossed him off um <laughs> into into a new realm which is and, funny because because to help him give birth you you tossed, I had to toss toss off the, the caviar yeah, yeah, um yeah. but i know i got a lot of comments about that because i he 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 went to a friend of mine's garden pond because it's illegal to put put uh, uh, any form of fish into a larger uh, public body of water. Is it? Just in case you kind of make, you know, 
an ecological catastrophe. Yeah, like yeah. Loch Ness Monster yeah. 2.0. Mm. Um, and so I had a friend who had a pond and they said, you can put it in here. And um, I think people were, had like ideas that I was just going to gently caress this fish in. But <laughs> yeah. I've seen the deadliest catch. They just throw it straight in. Yeah, and, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I tossed him from about two or three uh, stories up. Yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bit of skydiving into his new yeah. home. You've had, you've had a, a surge of popularity of late, haven't you? Sort of mm. I, and I can tell you how I know that. It's because... My kids now watch your videos. Yeah, it seems like the Robbie Knox um, Litlands are Max Fosh correspondents. Yeah, I, I came in. I was in, came in the house the other day, and two of the children in two separate rooms were watching different Max Fosh videos. Wow. <laughs> and I said to them, I, I said, "Oh, that's Daddy's friend." And they were like, "What?" I think, "Yeah, that's my friend Max." And they're like, "Okay." And when I came here, to, and they've sort of accepted this now yeah. like, after a while. I'm like, no, honestly, become a first, universal truth. They, they didn't believe it, sort of thing. And then I, um, when I came here today, um, I said to Otto, "I'm seeing Max Frosch today," and he said, "Ask him if he wants to come round." So there you go. <laughs> the offer's open. If you're ever in Norwich, if I'm ever in Norwich, I'll come round for tea with uh, with Otto. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, yeah, that's it's funny because uh, in like increasingly, I think the videos that I've done um, of late, I've done a lot of videos with uh, a group called the Sidemen, mm. who are a very popular British YouTube group, um, and their audience, their demographic is a lot younger. And now previously, my videos were watched by you know. The, yeah. the kind of the you know the university lot like yeah. 20 year 20 year olds and above but now i've increasingly got a demographic of, yeah. of younger people watching my videos and so i didn't think this i thought it was great oh fantastic more people watch the vids but now i'm often when I'm in public there'll be a kind of a six-year-old holding his daddy's hand and Aww. he'll walk past and go oh it's max fosh and the dad will be like who, who's how that? do you know that man? How do you know, how do you know that man? And then it doesn't get any better because then he the talks says, to me on the internet. Some yeah. they say things like, "Oh, I watch his videos on the internet," and the father's like, "What? Have, what do you do? Yeah. What have you been showing my child?" Like, now, I promise you, it's all really silly and above board. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. no swear words, I promise. But now, little children point at me in the street and he's like, "I know that man from the internet," and that's yeah. that's always a disconcerting sentence to hear. Yeah, well, my kids, as far as I know, don't watch the side men. So I think you've come into their their <laughs> their, their, um, their, their life um, somehow differently yeah. um also that what, what i like about your stuff max i like a lot, a lot a lot of it but i like um not all of it no not all of it of course not <laughs> no i like not, a lot of things I about not, I, I don't <laughs> even like all of it i like a lot of things about it is what i meant to say but i i like how nice it is because i saw something on reddit yeah around the time we had that uno card yes. thing that um was was very popular where you showed you're playing the Simon charity match and you showed the referee an uno reverse card when after he gave you a yellow card yeah um and it was around that sort of time and someone was coming and there's a post of it on some quite popular subreddit and someone said, that's Max Fosh. And normally when anyone gets mentioned online, people are saying horrible things about them or whatever <laughs> like that. Without fail, every comment was positive about that's it. Very and the whole thing of people saying, I love Max, he's great. And people referencing different things and all that. There's no one negative. Oh, that's, that's very nice, kind. Uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 save the. Uh, I don't know whether you're going to bleep the sense of this this podcast, but they save the posh <laughs> for for real life interactions. <laughs> oh. um, that so, will get bleeped for BBC uh, Sounds. I can tell you. Exactly. That. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's 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 nice that online that they are. I seemingly seem to experience the internet's going to be very nice, which will probably make my inevitable cancellation and downfall so much worse yeah. when it does eventually happen, as it always does. <laughs> Fabulous. Right, we are here to talk pubs and stuff like that. Uh, Max, the pub. So the pub. Um, a lot of people had their formative drinking years while they're still at school. Yeah. You went to Harrow. I went to an all-boys boarding school. <laughs> are the first drinking experiences of a Harrow schoolboy similar, from your knowledge, to other 
youngsters. Now, I I don't know whether I should say this because the school might get in trouble, but do you know what? I don't care. Um, <laughs> they would give, if, when you were in sixth form, you would get given like beer tokens that you could give oh. in at the local kind of, at the local, the school's uh, tuck shop. And you'd get, it was, it was, I think it was two cans of Foster's per like sixth form per week. Right. Um, and so wow. we would be able to drink at school, which is probably a good, like probably a good idea from the school to stop like the boys from, you know, bringing in like vodka and getting absolutely trash. Cause as you say, we, we are at school the entire time for three weeks at a, at a time. Um, but what would happen then is my housemaster wouldn't check whether you'd like given in your tokens. So what we'd do is just like hoard the tokens mm. and then just have like a big blowout <laughs> once every kind of like five or six weeks. And that was the first time I was ever sick because of alcohol was at school. It was on a, a tins of Fosters. Um, you would think at like one of the the, the poshest and like well-respected <laughs> oldest boys school in the world. Fosters. What should we give our, the, 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 the young minds of the next generation? Yeah, can Fosters do. Yeah. Um, they just bulk all ordering fosters what age are you here 17 which is why i probably say i probably shouldn't say this because we were definitely underage but i don't know whether we could we were eating it with we had a slice of pizza with it so i don't know whether that yes. gets past well, it, the law yeah. what is well, the law think, like, well i can tell you i don't know what the law is on i don't know if it counts as selling out do you know what age you can legally give a child alcohol in the uk 12 5 you are I could give yeah. Arlo when he comes home from school a can of beer. My six-year-old son. Go, there you go, son. Well done. At home, you can you can give your. You can and child. you do. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can. You can. He's like, Daddy, stop! Not more. Yeah. No, no, no. He wanted it for a while, but I was like, not to your at reception, son. <laughs> so, we respect the law here. What, so why? How are you able to do that? Law. Right. It's the rules. <laughs> your honour. It's the rules. I, I don't know. I, it feels. I don't want to come over all oh, <laughs> some Daily Mail here, but I kind of feel that's a bit young. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess, I mean, I presumably you, you can't get kids paralytic, but I think it, I guess it means you can give them like a sip of alcohol or something if you want. Or Sure. Um, like the French. The French are just mm. giving like glasses yeah. of Chateau Neuf de Pape from yeah. before, before they can even yeah. walk. Yeah. Which is great. Um, so yeah, my formative drinking years were, were all at school and then um, on, on Exiats or weekends when we were allowed home. Exiats. What is it? Does that stand for something? I think it's Latin for go home on the weekend. <laughs> yes, you're to leave. We used to have them at our school, and it's not a boarding school. It just meant that you were al allowed to leave school <laughs> during school time. It like it that sounds like a hostage situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, have a look. Have a look at our school, Mason. Grab a school. It looks like a prison. So yeah, it was. It, it was. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, to leave. on the Axiats, we would we would we would leave school at like Friday at midday, and my sister at the time was working in PR. I love your sister. In no, 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 <laughs> in public relations, and I used to join her at the pub after work because she used to have lots of pretty friends that I used mm. to like to hang out with, yeah, and yeah. I didn't really have many friends when I was at school. It was whereas all of my all of my fellow Herovians were going to the pub with each other and getting pissed. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Tally, can I come with you after the, after work so I can hang out with with all the girls from PR, fashion PR? And so I'd sit in kind of I think it was called the Sydney Arms in Chelsea, and we would uh, I would just I would just like look just rapturously at these these women. I'm like, God, this is so cool. I'm at the pub with women. Um, <laughs> And I would I would have some I would have some beer I think I think some lager beer some fizzy pop nice I I like that after work that sort of Friday after work thing because I've never really well very rarely in my life have I had it because I had one I did one year of proper work when I first moved to London and then I went to work at Soccer AM at Sky and every Friday night during the football season we couldn't we were working of course so you wouldn't yeah. get any Friday evenings it was a Saturday morning show so in the summer when you had like eight ten weeks off whatever. I would be 
phoning around my friends going, can I come to your work after, after, after work drinks? Work drinks like that. I just chat with a random bunch of estate agents or whoever <laughs> they are. I just hang out with them. I just do a little tour of it because I loved it because I never had that. Yeah, I've only ever had one office job and it was in kind of my, my gap year after school. I worked at Woucher for three months. Oh. Get a wow a day at woucher.co.uk. And um, what are you doing? I was given a job. They were, they were transferring all 2,000 of the companies that are on Woucher, they were transferring all of the information from one system to another and you could only do that manually. So I was Great given times. the job of, of moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Of, of 2,000 companies, I had to write a description about the company, the URL, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was just given this little cubby hole and told, just get on with it. And I got bored and so I said to them, what's my job description, guys? And they were like, whatever you like, just choose whatever job description you like. So I made myself... Um, the CAO, the chief admin officer. So um, in the winter of 2013, I was the chief admin officer of wow.co.uk. And I was 18 and like, it was, that was a classic like Friday night. And it was all, it was a big sales group at Woucher. And they were only two or three years older than me, but I was very much the baby of the group. Yeah. Um, and I it was just, it was just, I was just in awe, just sat there watching kind of, they were only 21 year old salesmen and women just getting pissed and snogging each other. Um, <laughs> I was like, God, one day I, I will also snog someone. Um, which, I, But I didn't. I just kind of sat there and nursed my, you know, can of Fosters yeah, that I yeah. had from the token at school yeah, yeah, left yeah. over. So that was kind of one of my for formative drinking experiences was was going out with the boys and gals at Woucher. Yeah. Um, and, before, and then before that, I only had one other experience was when I was um, on, on holiday skiing. And there was a, ch it was the Champions League football uh, match on, and it was Chelsea versus Barcelona. And we went to a local pub in the, in the um, uh, resort that we were in. And it was back in the days when you could smoke inside. And I was probably 11, mm. 11 or 12. And I'm sure it was a horrible experience for 99% of the time, but I really enjoyed sitting in a pub that was filled with cigarette smoke and smelt of booze. <laughs> it just, even as an 11 year old, yeah. 12, I was like, this is great. Yeah. I did this, the, the smell of secondhand smoke somehow I really enjoyed at that point in my life. And now I've kind of like waned in my, in my love of it. Mm. Yeah. I, I, it was weird that time, wasn't it? When you went to pubs and it was smoky. Like yeah. that. It's strange. Every now and then you go to a, strange Eastern European country where you can still smoke or something. It's like, oh my God, this is absolutely yeah. horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Okay, right, you, we're going to design your pub now, yeah. Max. And first thing we need to go for here oh, is... Oh, we talk about the bell? Oh, yeah. Sorry, how rude of me. I didn't yeah. mention Dan's bell. No, I know about the bell. Oh, the bell okay. that you plundered from, uh, from, a, from, a, from a passing boat. Pl liberated. Liberated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is the bell. And then if one of your choices may or may not appear... Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just about expectations. For some reason, tends to be the cheaper option. <laughs> <laughs> and the more accessible ones. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that 1949 bottle of Bolly might not yeah, be turning yeah. up. What do you want on draft? On draft. And now I've mentioned it and uh, already, and it was it was a kind of a formative drink in my in my early years, the you know, beer years. Um, and it is a, uh, a lovely frothy pint of Foster's, please, barkeep. Um, oh wow! So you're not taking it on the um, on the in the can format that you no, were offered originally. I'm, I'm you're going, going up market. I'm going up market pint, and now I know that everyone. Oh, Foster's disgusting! It's one. It's the cool thing to say that yeah. Foster's is piss beer. I would like some piss beer, please. Um, and one of my friend's dads, he 
he's a lovely man and he um he only drinks kind of like ales and london pride and so any lagers he calls fizzy pop um and so uh i think foster's is the perfect representation of fizzy pop and at university we, there was a pub called the hancock and every tuesday they did two pound tuesdays uh two pound pints of fizzy pop fosters um and we used to drink it and we were in the i was in the drama society and uh as you can imagine, or if you've ever been to university, you know what the drama society is like at any of your universities. Mm. Very loud, very theatrical, yep. and just ruins everyone else's time in any establishment <laughs> that they're in. Um, and it used to be on Tuesdays, the theatre society would turn up to the Hancock, but as well as it seemed like biker gangs. <laughs> Um, or as my friend Mark uh, kindly put it, murder sock. Because these met the most intimidating men you have ever seen in your life would walk in and they would also take advantage of two pound Tuesdays. Yeah. And so it was this juxtaposition. It's in the, the great unifier, isn't it's it? It's the great unifier yeah. of yeah. kind of like 18 year old theatre kids who just want to be the centre of attention <laughs> yeah. at all opportunities. And then 40 to 50 men tattooed up to the eyeballs just the scariest looking individuals you've ever seen and we're all just holding and nursing a Fosters. I love it when I, two different groups come together in one place. Our friend Andy was um, once out in Las Vegas and he was at some tech conference thing in this in one of the big hotels, like some big tech event. So it was, and at the same time, in the same in the same hotel, there was also the porn convention. You've I've been to that. I've been to yeah. I've been to that. Not the tech one, I have been to the porn porn expo. But he said these things were combining. He said, and it was a mix of like really sort of wealthy but very introverted geeky guys and porn stars are sort of meeting in the bars and stuff like that yeah going to the porn expo is one of the most fascinating parts like bits of sociology i've ever seen um just the way that how society works because the porn expo is you, you've lined up you're the world's most famous and 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 well-respected porn porn performers and, and then you have their fans who, who turn up and uh, half of the the expo is kind of looking at the newest and latest and greatest tech in the porn industry the other half is you can meet your favorite porn star and when you say tech are we talking about for the filming are we talking about for the no no like just different ways that you can have an orgasm just okay. like any any way you can think of they they had they had a they had a version of flappy bird you know the version of flappy yep. bird where you have to, the little thing has to go through the little shoots and you go up and down. And the way you make it fly up and down was by bouncing on top of a... Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, nice, you got yeah. it. Um, but at this at this expo, you, they would line up. Um, obviously, the, the male porn stars and the female porn stars were on opposite sides of the room. Nobody was queuing up to meet their favorite male porn star. <laughs> no. But they were just queued to meet their, their favorite female porn star. And it was what they would do. They'd meet and they would... Then they'd get there. And it was like they, they didn't know what to say. So it's like hi can we can we get a picture please um yeah. and some of the some of the performers they would they would charge you for a picture some of them would charge you for a hug and it was kind of a very very sad state of affairs yeah. um but yeah the, the, i don't know why we've gone into, into, into a rabbit <laughs> hole of, of the las vegas porn expo um but yes i went in 2020 and when i got back covid so um yeah it was a wonderful start to the year in 2020 for me <laughs> so to sum up fosters <laughs> yes yeah. uh, to sum up fosters um i had many happy days drinking yeah. um two pound pints of fosters uh with porn stars in vegas Dan, uh, you're the stater of this podcast. What mm. do you know about Fosters? Well, it was um, it did start it did start in Australia. It's, it's, that's, it, that, that is true. Is all, that's that not a marketing truth. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, invented by um, William and Randolph Foster, who were from New York actually, but went to Australia and started brewing it. And it became really popular there because, well, I'll quick, quick, quick yeah. question if you don't mind. Yeah, 
Is there an apostrophe in before the S in Foster? That's a very good question. Which I'm wondering whether it refers to the multiple Foster brothers. Yes. Not Foster brothers. Foster, or So there isn't it. So it's belonging so the, to one of them or to belonging to the I family? I don't think, yeah, I don't think there is an apostrophe in it. I think there is an apostrophe oh, there in it. there is? Yeah, I think okay. there is. Have you met the Fosters? Yeah, you, you go to VAR and I'll tell you this. So um, they had a German brewmaster and they created what they describe as a great, clean, crisp lager that the Germans were famous for. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Oh, we're just yeah. hearing, we're just hearing there is an apostrophe in Fosters. There is an apostrophe in Fosters. It belongs to, to the Carry Foster on. brothers. Yeah. So they, they invented this, this lager and, and it was very, very popular because of the heat in, in Australia. And, it's, and this is what it says on the Fosters website. Instead of the colonial ales that the Poms had forced on the locals. <laughs> <laughs> Buying them beers, force feeding London pride. Drink this cask ale. Yeah, Um, yeah. So that's that's an interesting fact. So it is from Australia, which is is, yeah. I mean, obviously it's now brewed here, but um, if you're drinking it here, but yes, it is originally from Australia. And then do we have a year? Do we have a year when 1888 first brewed it? Nice. Yeah, beer that's 1888. There's more famous. Probably quite a lot of. Isn't there something that uses it? 1664. Maybe I'm thinking of that. Yeah, a bit later. Yeah, same ballpark. Same ballpark. It's all Yeah, yeah. That that 200 year period was the real renaissance of the industrial revolution of beer, when everyone was kind of getting involved. Yeah. Um, and a bit of Norwich City, you know, you, you watch Norwich City, you take the kids to see Norwich on City. Occasion, yeah. Foster's Lager Brand was used as, uh, as a shirt sponsor for Norwich from 86 to 89, a period which included two top five finishes and a run to the FA Cup semi-finals. All because they were drinking Foster's. And at the time, this is fairly hard to believe, that deal was the most lucrative sponsorship ever given to an English football club. Wow. To Norwich City. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's an odd decision to spend a lot of money on. No. I suppose they were. I live they in Norwich, and, and I, I think it seems sensible, Dan. Yeah. So, are they the only team that have been sponsored by Fosters? Fosters. I don't know. I haven't done that much work on it. Sorry. It, it seems like, little... from my VI, it does seem like <laughs> they are the only team that have yeah. been sponsored by Fosters. You don't get as many beer. I think it's illegal now, is it not? I think. I think it might be. Yeah. 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 So. But it's it's a very it's got a very good logo to be to be sponsoring a to be sponsoring a, a team. It is a yeah. good logo. I yeah. do like nice it a lot. And, clear. Um, and I do like actually the 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 pint glass that you get with a with a pint of Fosters in a in a pub. I mean that's that's yeah. actually going on to my my next bit, which I will save. But um, it's a very long and thin, mm. Uh, mm. almost kind of uh, yeah. It's very very. Uh, like a Peroni glass. Yeah. It's very nice and long and thin. So you... A vase. Yeah, mm. yeah it, it looks like you're drinking a pint out of a vase, which is very, very nice. Yeah. And also, I mentioned again in Norwich, uh, when I was at U- when we were at uni, UEA, late 90s, pound a pint. Fosters. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't Inflation. it? Inflation. Yeah. Gosh, 2014, really, yeah. really, they started to add an extra extra pound onto the... Yeah, I know, well, so yeah, so you're flexing your T-pound, Fosters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're like, bloody hell. That is what, How the Harrow schoolboys live? <laughs> it doesn't really help with the alliteration. T-pound Tuesdays, one, one pound... Wednesdays. <laughs> Wednesdays. <laughs> um, yeah, fabulous. Okay, right, Fosters is in there. What are you having to... Uh, Companies as a foil to your Fosters. as a foil to my Fosters is it's a Camden Hells, it's a Camden Hells lager. Nice. I have gone for two lagers here, which I I'm I'm not 
I, I still I'm slightly deciding whether I think that's a good idea to have have two lagers as my um as my as my choices. But back to the glass situation, a Camden Hell's pint glass is is the absolute antithesis to a Foster's pint glass. It is the chode of of the um, yeah. of the pint glasses. <laughs> it's very wide. It's very fat. It's very short. Yeah. Um, and it's almost a it's almost like a bucket. You almost need two hands to kind of yeah. hold it upright. Um, and they have the half pint versions of them are. Yeah the most adorable things they I've are. ever seen. <laughs> I love because, it. Because it's so wide, you, they are so short. Mm. It's like drinking from a frying pan. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Or a wok. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did the tour, I did the Camden Hills Brewery tour. And I think just tours of breweries or distilleries just in general are a bit rubbish because they kind of go round and they try to explain and they talk about hops a lot and yeast a lot. Um, and talk about notes and like your know, fruity notes, but 99% of the people on that tour do not care one bit. They're um, looking forward to the end. They're bit. looking forward to the end bit. And even then when you're sat there with your little, your little wooden, um, almost paddle, um, with different beers cut out or put, put into little holes in the middle and they try to give you the, the fruity notes. No one cares. Um, so I, I did that. Uh, I did that tour at Camden House and got absolutely smashed. Um, <laughs> and as a, as a thank you for that time, as it was a very remember, um, <laughs> remarkable experience for me. So I thought I'd put them on the list as one of my beers. Oh, fabulous. What do we know? Mm. Well, it was uh, invented by um, Jasper Cuphage. Uh, Cuphage. He was the founder. C-U, Any apostrophe in there? <laughs> C-U-P-P-A-I-D-G-E. Okay. Um, and uh, the first beer that he brewed, so he basically he bought a, he bought a pub called uh, The Horseshoe, and then he started brewing his own beer. And his first beer that he brewed was a, a, a little present for, him his, for his mum because his granddad used to brew beers in Australia, right? And the rest I don't know, maybe, yeah. Uh, and he called it Max after his granddad because his, his granddad was called Laurie McLaughlin. And uh, he kept brewing and brewing. And then it became really popular. He put it on tap in his pub and then started selling it to other pubs because it was sort of getting locally known as a nice pint. And then he, he sort of went, well, there's something in this. So he he started making hells which he wanted to call max so there was obviously already a brewery called max so that's why he called it the so camden I, I uh, almost brewery. named it after me almost, yeah. yeah which is which is so a, a, yeah. a lovely little synergy yeah yeah, so that's, 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 that's Cam, Camden Town Brewery. Yeah. I had a um, I had a situation, but a very memorable situation at university that I had a conversation where I was had a Camden House in my hand, and I used to do work on hospital radio, and um, I did the breakfast show on hospital radio, and and one one morning I I thought I should play some ACDC. Um, and there, because there was a track that ACDC, obviously everyone knows, Highway to Hell, mm -hmm. that's got a fantastic intro. There's guitars and it goes into just like silence. I thought, great, I'll do my link uh, in the silent bits Clever. of Highway to Hell. Yeah. I was like, welcome back to Radio Tyneside, Max in the morning, that kind of thing. And I did my show and I kind of went away. I was like, fantastic. And there was a pub um, further down the road. And later that evening I went there and, and the director of the radio station called me and said, um, can, you have, can, can I pull you for a chat? quite love island desk i said well i'm actually i'm just in the uh in, in the defectors well down down the road and he said oh okay i'll meet you in there and i had a pint of candle house and he said max i really need to talk to you about something that's really serious uh, we've had a number of complaints i was like oh yeah it's like about what you played this morning i was like what have i done he's like um on a hospital radio station <laughs> you played the song highway to hell do you remember that i looked at my, <laughs> looked at my glass and thought 
Yeah, I do, I do yeah. remember that. And he said, Max, we are an easy listening station. You can't play Highway to Hell. And that's when I kind of thought I was in the clear because I thought, okay, so he's not telling me off for playing Highway to Hell to those individuals that are in hospital in the yeah. Northeast. But mainly his qualm was that it wasn't easy listening. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so I very nearly got sacked. And my argument was like, don't have it on the system yeah. if you don't want me to play Highway to Hell. So yeah, I very nearly got sacked from hospital radio whilst holding um, a glass of Camden Hells <laughs> um, wow. during, my, uh, during my hospital radio days. So it's back oh. to Kenny G. Yeah. So yeah. I thought it was going to be, it was going to be people who could be maybe not on the way up in life that might be closer to the end. Yeah. That was his worry, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't that. No. It was that it was like, hey, we're all about Just, easy listening here on Radio Tyneside. So, yeah. so please, can you not, um, can you not play Highway to Hell? <laughs> I thought, yep, Roger that, Dave. Yeah. Uh, I will not play Highway to Hell. Um, but they also had like on the, on the, um, on the system they had songs called like death is painless and things like that <laughs> oh which is apparently a, f- a famous pop song i think i think from smash the uh the tv show it was the theme song to smash and they had a had a name something like death is painless so yeah they didn't have a qualm with you playing songs that that reminded people of the incoming doom of 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 um eternity yeah. but more that it was just easy listening was the issue i was yeah. once driving when i was about 17 on the isle of sheppey and it was a summer had the windows down my friend gavin was driving along and we went past, went past a ambulance, and we were, we were playing um na 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 baby give it up give it up like that, and just a look round, they were, they were doing like CPR on some bloke in on the ground. Oh, and we were playing oh, give up like oh my god, turn that down oh, something absolutely god. horrendous. That's awful. So similar vibe. Is, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find out what the what the Smash theme song is, so I can look it up. Is it called Smash or Mash? Mash. Mash. Suicide is painless. Suicide oh, yes. is painless. Yes. yes, of course. They had that. That was the uh, that was another song they had on. Yeah, the, you're uh, saying Smash, and I was thinking about the uh, adverts with the robots. You, this might be before your time. For the powdered, for for the the powdered, powdered mashed, mashed potato. potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The theme song to mashed potato <laughs> is suicide is painless. To be fair, if you ate enough mashed potato, yeah. that's probably what would happen. Yeah. Like we, we had a uh, someone at university who I who I lived with in the third year. She basically existed on Smash, Smash and Super Noodles. I think that was it. It's, it's, yeah, not, it's, not, I'm trying to trying to amalgamate not, the two names. <laughs> Smooper noodles, not the smooth. <laughs> smooth. Uh, well, yes. two, 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 um, is she is she still alive? Is she I, well? I don't I don't know. You don't know. Don't know. Lost contact. <laughs> whether 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 big potatoes well, caught up with her over the years. I'm, yeah, I'm imagining if if a diet of super noodles and smash continued for 20 years, it is debatable. Whether, yeah. yeah, I've I've been listening to an audio book of um of about ultra processed food. The minute, oh yeah, process people. I don't think they'd like smash. No, no, no. When you say you listen to an audiobook, did you see a TikTok about it, or you actually listen no, to an audiobook? Because audiobook, they've become they're, they're now free <laughs> with Spotify Premium. Uh, right, yeah. very nice. So go, yeah, so. no, I've become, I'm a big advocate of saying. Um, so I read something the other day, and it was just a TikTok that yeah, I saw. It was okay. thirty seconds long. I didn't read it. Yeah. At all. Well, I was about to say I read it, then I was like, no, no I, I listened you to someone else read it. <laughs> I. Read Max. Someone else did the heavy lifting for me. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got the information was imparted. The the method in which that happened is not is not important. But yeah, so so Camden Hells for me, wonderful, um, a wonderful glass shape, a wonderful lager beer, and the lager beer that I nearly got sacked from hospital radio whilst drinking. Flavor of Camden Hells. I read in one place that flavor freshly baked bread laced with floral, herbal, and botanic hop. So basically, rosemary bread. garlic bread. Oh. Yeah, I'm not. I don't get bread. Never noticed I'm... that. No, 
But I have seen that. They're both carbohydrates. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There we go then. Yeah. Yeast. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it tastes of bread. Of course it is. It's made of yeast. Yeah. <laughs> Max, this question might be a very um, short one if the answer is no. You, yeah. may, you, you have a very thorough um, uh, system from chatting in the pub and stuff of, of, of going through video ideas yeah. and evaluating ideas. And there's a lot that you come up with that never sees the light of day. Um, yeah. Have there ever been any pub or alcohol-related ideas that you've come up with that you can think of? I mean, there's been ones that we've come up with at the pub um, <laughs> that, uh, that we've definitely thought about. Um, one of them being water, ski behi- water skiing behind a cruise ship. Um, that's, that's, that definitely came up whilst I've had, whilst after I had a few drinks. Um, but there is with the videos, we do often have something called the pub test, which is where can you explain the video to somebody in a sentence after the phrase, did you hear about that guy that blank? So if you can succinctly um, put in what the video is about in that sentence, then it's a good video. So we have kind of three um, areas. There's the pub test, stakes. So what could go wrong and does it stick the landing? So is there a big moment at the end? You're like, okay, that's the end of the video. Great. Um, So those are the three things. And the pub test is definitely one of them because you need to be able to go down the pub and be like, oh, did you see that guy that uh, cooked a a ready meal in an active volcano? So it's something that we do think about a lot. Fascinating wow. chatting to you about these things. Yeah. And you're definitely the I phoned you up the other day because I, I was thinking, this video I'm doing, yeah. this is the video I'm doing at the minute. Um, I will almost certainly be out by the time, unless something's gone very tragically wrong by the time this goes out, where um, Amina, Becky, a YouTuber, and I um, go to uh, Lapland to try and have a pint with Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that sounds much more like something Max would know about than me. So I said, Max, <laughs> you've got five minutes. I can ask some questions. Yeah, I got very this. in depth about the storytelling structure of, of no, what I you love would do it. for I that love, video. I, I would talk about story structure for a very long time, don't you worry? We, um, I also, there was a video idea I had, which was, it's more of a just a topic of conversation I love talking about whilst at the pub, which is how much do you think you drink in your lifetime mm-hmm. is just a, a concept that we have. And someone said, um, up to date, how many pints of beer do you think you have had? And somebody said 100,000. I thought, are you mad? There is no way you've had 100,000 beer. I was thinking more, maybe I've had 2,000 pints in my entire life up until this point. I'm I'm granted I'm only 28. But also, do you think the amount you you could drink would fill a swimming pool? Is that is that amount that you've had in your life? Yeah. Could it fill a swimming pool? Oh, Oh, yeah, I don't know. And, oh, this what, is when, and this is when the, the, the pen and paper comes out and you start, right, yeah, you start doing my, the maths. The calculator on mind here. I reckon, I'm going to say on average, since I started drinking around 18, maybe 10 pints a week. A week. So that, that is was... A, that, 10 that, pints a week? Average, yeah, uni, was, well, maybe is that too much? No, that you, is no, but so I'm thinking, much. No, but I'm thinking uni, it was a lot more. Now, not, now I probably have one a week on average or something like that. Okay. Do you not think? Is that mental? I think it might be a bit. Well, I don't know. I think maybe it, maybe that is too much. I would say I would say that five a week five. is is probably more accurate. So you've been how old are you? Forty six. You're forty six. So let's just say you're forty eight for ease. Twenty years you've been mm-hmm. drinking, an average uh, twenty years, fifty weeks a year. Mm, try again. What eighteen? Oh, thirty years. Yep. Thirty years. There's fifty. <laughs> God, do you mind? Thirty years. There's fifty weeks in a year. That's um, fifteen hundred. Uh, 1,500 times by five. Oh, so you said 4,500. So you, you said about 5,000, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I reckon you between five to 10,000 pints you've had in your life. Yeah. Which 
if you pour that into a swimming pool, would it fill to the brim? I think about that, but not in terms of volume of liquid, but how much I've spent on alcohol over the years. <laughs> and because I do think, God, I don't know how much money I'd have if I'd never drunk. I'd also be a virgin. Um, <laughs> how many women have you talked to, Robbie? None. <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week, and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. Wonderful. Okay, it's time for bottles or cans now. Yeah. Bottles and cans. What's your now, first choice? I... I sent these over mm. and this might affect Dan's bell situation because oh, I dear. feel like... Don't change anything. Um, I'm going to start with the one that I've definitely kept, okay. which is the M&S Passion Star Martini. Oh, oh, here we go. We waited to hear whether the moon underwater would. Oh. And look, we can see it materializing. Yeah. Tell us about it, Matt, while it materializes. So the yeah. Passion Star Martini can. I think it's just, it's a fantastic beverage, of course. It's its just juice. Um, it's sweet. It is, it's absolutely absurd as an alcoholic beverage. But it represents um, just canned cocktails in general for mm. me, which are just the, they're so fantastic, especially at festivals. They uh, completely encapsulate what it is like to go to a festival in the United Kingdom. Because I always find at festivals, especially day festivals, festivals in general, you always need a wee. Yeah. So drinking things that are highly, slightly more like mm. percentage of alcohol um, is a good idea, but also is going to give you some energy, yeah. uh, you know, of, on the sugar variety before you, of course, crash. And so... <laughs> Cracking a couple of these passion star martini cocktails, which and also the color of it, you know, is just like golden. Being, yeah, it is. It is just the color of juice. It's it's the equivalent of you know when you're at your friend's like football party when you were younger, yeah, and you were given the the drink after you play football, and all these kind of eight year old kids are just like absolutely guzzling down. That um, smells. I was going to say the scent smells really hits fruit. you it, when you open it. It really yeah. feels like there is a whole passion fruit in there. It feels yeah. like the kind of drinks you'd pick up. At at Waterloo Station to cram in your bag before going to Wimbledon. Yeah, absolutely. You're yes. sat on... Um, God, it's very sweet. You're sat on the district line with uh, various other men and women who've all got blazers of, of various different colours and qualities <laughs> on. And you're making... Poli- it's, it's, the, it's the beverage for um, people who aren't football hooligans, but like a drink on a train. 
Right. Yes. Okay. Basically, posh people. I've never yeah. had this before. No, me neither. Never had this before. I don't think so. I don't recognise the can, anyway. It's passion fruit juice and vanilla flavouring. Yeah. It's a you porn star martini, but obviously they can't say porn star on the front that's, of That's the main the thing I wanted to mention about mm. this, is because M&S have gone, well, we should, should, we, should we can a porn star martini? Or obviously, we can't call it M&S, for God's sake. We can't <laughs> call it a porn star martini. So they went with passion. But that's really interesting. They would have been a, a, yeah, a, a long conversation was. in the marketing department about whether they could call put something in their shops called porn star yeah. could they write the word porn star in somewhere in their store and they obviously said no so they've gone for passion star martini because right, for a while i couldn't work that out what does passion star mean and then eventually i went oh yeah porn, porn. very vanilla isn't it, it very vanilla yeah. that'll be the vanilla flavoring yeah. coming oh, yeah. through yeah, yeah. um not quite they haven't quite gone for madagascan vanilla no. um yeah. not not the little black dots that you see in in good quality vanilla ice cream do you know what max if i should say that at the weekend i made my own vanilla ice cream i've never made vanilla ice cream before oh yeah it was the best ice cream i've ever had how do you make ice cream you have an ice cream maker. Right. Mm. <laughs> okay. But, um, no, the ice cream maker only does the freezing bit. I can, I, I can talk you through it. It's just a good food, um, on BBC Good Food, uh, ultimate vanilla Our friends ice cream. at BBC Good Our Food. friends at BBC Good Food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> friends of the channel, friends yeah, of the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are good chums. The, um, and you basically get some double cream, some full fat milk, some sugar, Heat it up just to, just to, just below boiling. You don't need to boil it or curdle with the vanilla pod that you've opened up, sliced open, and got those little seeds out. Yeah, about seeds. Uh, then turn it off the heat. Let it infuse for half an hour. Uh, egg yolks, more sugar, quite a lot of sugar. Um, beat that together till it becomes a bit firm and sticky, sort of thing. Add that to the other thing. Heat it up until custard, stirring all the time. Chill overnight, and then the ice cream machine is just. Cools it down and churns it. There you go. You made ice cream. Incredible. But no, I've made better ice cream than I've ever had before. I've I've got an ice cream maker as well, and I love it. Me and my, me and my son go out and pick blackberries in the late <laughs> summer, and we make blackberry ice cream hmm. every year. That sounds right. like heaven. It's, yeah, it's amazing. That sounds like 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 parenting <laughs> utopia. Yeah. So one day you tell the eighteen-year-old dad, so one yeah. day you'll yes. have your own little boy. Yeah. You'll, <laughs> you'll gallivant around the field of the yeah, south yes. downs, picking blackberries <laughs> for your own homemade ice cream. How's that sound? <laughs> Daddy. It does feel like you're raising your child in the 1920s. <laughs> yeah, how's Enid Blyton and the gang yeah. getting on? That's fantastic. So yes, a um, a, a passion star martini cocktail um, is definitely up there. I'd love to know the various different options they probably were, were thinking about um, yeah. when they were deciding what they were going to call the porn star, not porn star mm. martini cocktail. Um, but passion star, it is 8% volume. Mm. Um, I can very see, nice. Yeah, I can see I can see myself having this on um, the uh, LNER up to Newcastle um, for, you know, a stag weekend. Yeah, or, yeah. or a university reunion. Yes, yes, of course. Of course, that's exactly what I listen to you. Yeah, Thanks, I know where you've been. I know where you've been. I know where to avoid. I know where you've, um, you've done. Yeah, any, any, any facts? Yeah, might, well, a couple of reviews. Uh, one said, um, one of the best pre-mixed cocktails I've had in a while. It's not particularly strong, so you can easily go through a few glasses. But then Spudhead, immediately <laughs> below that, said, this is a little sweet for me, but I enjoyed it. Alcohol content, 8%, so it's quite strong. So quite one person, punchy. One person mm. saying, not that strong. Next one saying, it is a bit punchy. I like yeah. the phrasing that I've had in a while. I've had in a yeah. while. Because it really, it really conjures this idea that this person has been sat I haven't had like, a good previous <laughs> contact for a long while. Do you know yeah. why I had? And then finally, it's this kind of like moment of realisation. You're in, oh, it's the cat yeah. of my dreams. Mm. So yes, it is quite strong, 8%. 
um, which is kind of the same. What's that similar? It's obviously the, the, the slap bang in the middle between beer and, and wine. Yep. Yep. But uh, maybe a, maybe a, a, a double IPA. A case cider. It's about 8%. Um, I don't yeah. know if Max is old enough to remember Case Cider. No, but when I worked at a pub uh, in London after I graduated uni, um, I would always enjoy that. Obviously, cider was always the most mm. alcoholic beer or, or kind of like draft item that we would sell. And so it was in a part of, of London where people would come in and weirdly, inexplicably say, I'd like to have the strongest beer you have. Okay. Which is a weird way of ordering at a bar. Um, yeah. But then I would I would pour them a cider. The tastiest, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no. No, no. I want the strongest. It's like, like they're like the a... ones in the curry house go, what's the strongest curry that you've got? Yes, yeah. 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 Um, and so I would give them a cider. What's this? I was like, it's a cider. It's 6%. What? And so I didn't realise that cider was so incredibly strong. Yeah. Wow. I like, I, I used to drink cider all the time because I didn't like the taste of beer yeah. until a boss, when I lived in a ski resort in Vancouver, in, in Whistler, said to me, um, no, no one likes beer. You just have to drink it and then you'll start to like it. And yeah. I did that. But up until then, for, throughout uni, I drank cider. Um, but now, I, the cider I like are the, is the proper cloudy, scrumpy stuff you get from a farm that you got to chew through that's like 13% or something. That's what I want. You get a headache in the first half of the yeah. glass. Did you do a video, Robbie, of the strongest beer in the UK? No, not yet. No, you didn't. Uh, no, not yet. What was the one no. you did with, um, you did it with Alfie where you you waited for ages um, at a at a pub. It was at the the most expensive beer in the UK. Uh, that, no, that, that was one. It was, I, kind of, I don't think it was a, a most something. It was just, it was a beer that comes out once a year called Patty oh, by Verdant. It's lovely and very free. We just did that as a as a casual thing or something. But it wasn't al- the always keen for, always for, str- for beer ideas. I had the strongest beer in the world. There you go. Yeah. Good title there. Yeah. And yeah. The, and this happened. I'll join you on that. Okay. <laughs> I want to know what happens. Do you want <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's it's, it's a date. Um Ooh. wonderful. Um anything else? Oh do I I mean I I read a, a very good article by Eve Watson on Plymouth Live who um, decided to rank as many premixed cocktails as she could. I reckon Citizen had, journalist. I reckon yeah. she had quite a good time doing it. She had a great it. couple of days at the office um, or from home. Yeah, exactly. Fact, like, that is more effort than a lot of people put into their jobs. Oh, and yeah. she is just... So is she is she written an article? Or is yeah. she just, oh, I thought she was a commenter on an article. No, no, okay. no. She, she wrote well the article. Well done, and she, um, and she rated, she gave the uh, Passion Star Martini a solid 9 out of 10. Right. The only thing... It was better, she said. But this, I think this was the last one that she drank. So I'm a bit like, <laughs> have you done these in order and were you doing it all in one go? Yeah. Was uh, Audi's Cosmopolitan, which she gave 10 out of 10 and claimed it was only 85p in Audi. Right. Which so if you were looking for another premix cocktail, go for Andy. apparently that's the yeah. that's the that's what the was best the one. process of her, of her ranking? Did she just take sips? And go, oh, that's nice. I don't know. Oh, that's nice as well. She did, yeah. did some nice descriptions. Okay, how and, many are on the uh, list? I, was, I thought it was just going to be well. The, I think the title was sort of mentioned three, including this, but I think it was like seven or eight. So I think she had a nice day. <laughs> Well done, Eve. Yeah. Well done, Eve. Good day at the office. We're a big fan of your journalism. Yeah. 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 Here yeah. at uh, Moon Under Water. <laughs> yeah, fabulous. What's going with that in the um, pub in the pub can and bottle category? So, I mean, I did send over beforehand the wonderful the wonderful producers here at the podcast asked me to send over um you can beforehand. ignore them mate. and so ignore there is them. i am going to change i initially did say corona because mm. it is just out, out of a bottle it is just so iconic and absolutely delicious but i realized i didn't have any wine on anywhere in my oh. um 
in my in my in my pub. So I've decided to go for a rosé, and a rosé I've discovered recently called Pink Diesel. Wow, it's Pink Diesel rosé, and it is absolutely amazing. Describe the bottle, because I'm I'm really torn on which so, angle this has gone. You no, know, it's it's um it's quite classy. It's quite a classy wine. Um, well, I mean, it's 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 called Pink Has- Diesel. Hashtag feel good times. Hashtag just... feel good times. Yeah. Oh wow. And I think I initially I had it because I saw it on a menu uh, in a pub nearby to me called the Warmer Castle, and. I'm a big fan of, of, of titles, obviously, in what I do. It's all about the title and the thumbnail. What are you going to... It's the headline. Yeah. What are you going to bring people in? And it stood out so... It was like, that's amazing. Of course, I want to have... Of course, I want to have something that is that is a pun uh, yeah. or just talk about fuel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, petrol for the girls. Yeah. Um, and so I had some petrol for the girls. I had some pink diesel and it was absolutely delicious. I don't really know much about rosé, um, but I do know that it's the law to drink it between, you know, May and mm. September. Um, although I'm sure that the lovely people at, at rosé, big rosé. <laughs> the big rosé. They're, they're, yeah. they're trying to, to get rid of that, yeah. I, that notion that you can only drink it in certain parts of the year. But um, I had uh, a couple of glasses and then a bottle of pink diesel wow, and i'm so on board with this i oh, did i'm I, a big rosé fan i did I have some feel good times yeah yeah wonderful i i i face a lot of resistance when i suggest getting a bottle of rosé with people i i, I, I in, the, in the summer i will say we'll say what wine do you want some wine I went, yeah I, i'm happy with if summer i think i'm happy with white or rosé they're always going white. Very <laughs> Do rare. Do you say it like that? Can I rosé? Rosé? Like, <laughs> that, losing confidence the longer I get through the word rosé. Yeah. Rosé? No, um, I think yeah. rosé is it's, it's a very important... Uh, I, I get very flirty when I have rosé. I think it's... It, I kind of pretend that I'm James Bond for just a few hours because there's just very nonchalantly holding my glass of rosé and just having a bit of flirt with literally anybody in the park. <laughs> um, it just gets me very, very flirty, does, does rosé. Oh, like that a lot. that's nice. I like the different effects of drinks, the different mm. things bring different moods. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it depends whether what you've drunk beforehand because if you start on beer, I think anything after beer... Uh, you'll just feel quite bloated. But yeah. I, you know, they've got the, the the saying, "Beer before wine, you're fine." Yeah. Or wine before beer, you're in the clear. I I know that one of them. Yeah. Is, wine that's before really beer, oh dear. I oh, it's wine before dear. Oh, uh, wine before beer, oh dear. Okay. But, but I do put that through my head. I think, hang on, can I drink this? Because yeah. I'm not I'm sure the, <laughs> the scientists that came up with this phrase must. I, they they know what they're talking about. Yeah. I, I, I go on. Well, no, I was just going to say, I I, I I I I will have a bit of a rosé at, at Christmas dinner. A Christmas dinner? Yeah. Whoa. Not, not for the main meal. Okay. Even, even me, who's been married about people on. judging rosé, is like, what? I'll get, a nice, no, I'll get a nice rosé to go with the smoked salmon starter. Okay. Yeah. Pigs and blanket and rosé. Yeah. That's how God intended it. Us, yeah, us, yeah. To, us to enjoy Christmas. It, yeah. it's, what's, the, describe, what's the bottle there? Is that a sort of... It's, I think, I think it's it's from a, it's a ballerina got, type thing or something. Um, it's got no, a... No, no, oh, no, it's, it's a fuel nozzle. No, it's a fuel nozzle. The picture on the website is... The, the bottle is slightly horizontal. out of focus and yeah. horizontal, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. fuel nozzle. Yes. A fuel nozzle on the uh, on the sticker. Um, it's just your very classic your wine your wine bottle shape. Um, although I don't think there are many wines that are doing anything outright out of the box in terms of the bottling process. Or am I wrong with that? No, not much. I don't see much. Do you? I've never seen a funky bottle of wine just aesthetically. No. Well, you do get you do get the um, the fatter squatter rosé. Sort of the, mm. the, oh, the, yeah. the classic Matthias Portuguese, yes. Rose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's so, about as far as it goes, isn't it? Uh, Portugal, Rosé's, I think Portugal, yeah, for that a lot of the time. 
Vino Verde is my favourite of the summer wines. Mm. That's like light fizz to it. Also from Portugal. Portugal really has nailed oh, yeah. summer, summertime drinking. I went down to Seville for a stag do mm. recently. Mm. My, my, uh, my brother stag do. And I didn't realise that Seville is very well known for sherry. So all we drank over the course of the weekend was sherry. Um, and it just, it absolutely destroys you after you've had just yeah, one night of sherry. Yeah. Um, and just everyone was like, God, this is amazing. Sherry. Like, I've, got no, I've got no sherry index no. to back this. I haven't done no. the work like the lovely journalist yeah. down at Plymouth Live mm. um, to, to rank my sherries. Yeah. And it just reminds me of church because when you, I think communion wine is is sherry. And uh, it just reminded me of the blood of Christ yeah. from my, my days of, of, of Catholicism. <laughs> but there's, there's I, I do also think with that because I don't drink sherry. The issue is like I know how much wine I can reasonably drink. I know how much beer I can reasonably drink. I don't know how to approach sherry. No idea. How many um, glasses of sherry is a reasonable amount to drink? Probably about two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You'll be okay. The only two things I know about sherry is Fraser and Niles always had sherry on Fraser. Okay. Sherry Niles, he would always say when he came in. Right. Oh yeah. And my uh, great aunt Shirley would would generally have a sherry at Christmas when she came Shirley? over. Sherry for Shirley. Yeah, and you know how we've got drinks have kind of had their renaissances, you know, gin a couple mm. of years ago and rum at the moment. <laughs> when Sherry's are we getting next. when are we getting sherry coming back? <laughs> in a yeah. big way when are they going to be unique kind of like bars in Shoreditch that only serve sherry whilst you play some <laughs> let's do it mate. let's some, make that out some project. wiffle ball with a glass of sherry let's let's be big sherry <laughs> big sherry that's what Dan calls his auntie when she came over for Christmas yeah. big sherry's yeah, here big sherry <laughs> Uh, don't have you got any facts about pink diesel? I appreciate the, it's only just materialised yeah, in your yeah, head, so it might be tough to do. But I wonder if you can um, quickly um, browse the website. Well, online. I do, I do, what I do quite like is that they are, they ladle on the uh, the diesel puns oh, as good. much as they can, especially their last line: "The future of wine drinking <laughs> starts here. It's time to take it up a gear. Drink pink diesel." To hashtag feel good time. Good, nice. Love they're getting it. They, I mean, if it's diesel, you also need some ad blue. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, that's the chaser. They come, they come out with a, make, a range of pre mixed cocktails called ad blue. I don't know what ad blue is. <laughs> no, 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 neither do I. My no. only knowledge of it is that um, the other podcast do Happy Hour, Jack, who drives it down, every day his car is telling him he needs more ad blue. I don't know. He's just pouring ad blue into this machine. It's just, I, I was just guzzled. Yeah, it. I once rented a car and it said, You are running low of ad blue. I had no idea what he was talking about. It's like, Yeah, I've, I've, done, I've, I've done the diesel bit. What, you have to, have to fill up a second liquid into this thing <laughs> yeah. to make it work? Where does it go? Is it even blue? I think it is, actually. I think it is blue. But then it then reminds me of uh, windscreen wiper fluid. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to mix those two. No. Up. Oh, I thought that's what it was. No, it's, it's not, not that. It's something to cool the engine down, oh. or or all diesel cars have got a paid partnership with something called Blue, oh. and they've got to got to mention it at, the, at every oh. opportunity. Okay, phones away. Put a gag on Siri. It's quiz time. Elvis's black belt was in karate. I saw it on QI. No half points for saying J.K. Rowling is the lead singer of Jamiroquai. Moira Stewart. No, I'm afraid it was Gordon Honeycomb. Max, are you a fan of a pub quiz? Oh, I love a pub quiz, me. Oh, you might not like this one. Because oh, Dan has got one here. Yes. I say that because it's, you've been on a... 
I don't know. They've not always been the greatest. The greatest. Some of them started strong and they've got a bit of things, but yeah. I've got high hopes for this one. Okay. What, 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 have you, what have you chosen this week? Well, Max, Hi. we always like to slightly tailor it to our guests. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, you do lots of... The sort of theme of your videos is silliness, isn't yeah. it? And you've got the Silly Company. Yeah, Silly Company. Little plug there for .co.uk. you. .co.uk. Yep. Um, so I thought we could do a, a, a silly quiz, right? Mm. So you're not... Well, you're extremely unlikely to know the answers to any of these questions. But the way it's going to work is you're against each other and it's who gets the closest because you can make a guess. Is it about They're the silly aisles? Because if I, if I was going done, on Mastermind, that would be that. my specialist yeah, subject. Totally. I don't know anything about them no. at the moment, but if yeah. I was yeah. in front of no. Clive in the chair, yeah. I would make sure I knew everything about the silly aisles. Yeah. Well, you know, this is why you're an extremely successful YouTuber and I, I got less than a thousand subs. Right. So, um, uh, no, it's it's not that. Right. It's just, it's actually sort of silliest world records. Oh, great. Okay. Fantastic. So they're all really silly, ridiculous things. I'm going to read you five questions. Have a think about them. Second half of the pod. You two, give me your answers. If you get get it perfectly right, amazing. But it's, we it's basically... Right. Closest wins a point. I'm it quite feels like you'd have a passion star. Martin, I'm already on, on my way. I'm, on my <laughs> way I'm already well. looking at thinking. Oh, I wish there was another cat. God, I'm actually quite drunk. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. run to M and S. Go back to work. Yeah. It feels like you would have a world record, Max. Do you yeah, know? we've looked into it. I've looked into it. What I could, what I could break, and I, it seems now that um, I don't want to tarnish the good name of, mm. of Guinness and their world records, but it does seem now that if you want one. It's, a, it's a case of just paying to get one oh, because right. I think they will almost find one. Oh yeah, you can do almost anything, and they'll, they'll have to approve it. Yeah. And they'll have to approve it. So no, I haven't. I haven't. I have thought about doing one, but I don't know what it would be. Um, I uh, I wanted to do a video for a long time where I put um, the world's kind of largest motorway uh, attraction or motorside attraction. You know, in the states they have like mm, yeah. odd things. World's biggest peach. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and I wanted to. to I, I I seriously got into like the planning kind of the weeds of planning permission to put up a massive chicken looking like it was crossing the road <laughs> next to the M1. I wanted like a <laughs> like genuinely like a forty meter. <laughs> carbon fiber perspex rooster yeah. with one leg outstretched yeah. looking like it was about to cross the road and then the lawyers got involved and said that if during a storm any part of the rooster flew off and hit someone's car and they died i would be liable under a criminal wow. uh, uh yeah. criminal like criminally i could be criminally charged yeah so, so you I went thought, ahead so i went ahead and we're, <laughs> we're planning on it's, and then they also said that i think to, to make it it was going to cost like six hundred thousand pounds i thought hey I, i'll pay some money for a gag but <laughs> yeah yeah not the, yeah, not the price not, of, not mr beast here. Not, of yeah. a house two records in one though yeah biggest biggest chicken next to a motorway <laughs> and and most expensive gag in history <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. longest prison sentence for a youtube <laughs> yeah, exactly so no i um other than I think the only world record I want is largest chicken next to a motorway. Yeah, that okay. is a the rest one. Are, are nonsense. The rest yeah. I don't want. I don't. Uh, I don't want to think about. Fastest hundred meters. No thanks, mate. No thank <laughs> you. Biggest rooster, please. <laughs> well, can I just just quickly before I do this? You know that Guinness no longer sponsor the world records, but it's still called Guinness World Records. You know? Do you know that? So I didn't even know that they were the ones who sponsored. Yeah, so it. Guinness. I, mean, I thought it was just like a family called Guinness. No, Guinness sponsored it. The what this world record idea, and then after a while they went, okay, we're, we're sort of doing rugby, we're not going to do it anymore. But it was so well known as it's a Guinness world record that mm. the company that bought it said, "Well, can we continue using your name?" 
when we buy this thing, lock, stock and barrel. Thank and Guinness you. went, well, yeah, we're not going to give you any money. And I went, no, 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 it's fine. So, so it's still called Guinness World Records, but Guinness have got nothing wow. to do with it. So they still get the advertising. Fantastic. Yeah. Win-win situation. Yeah, yeah. My favorite Guinness World Record is the largest ever car theft in history. Have you heard about this? No. This was North Korea contacted the Swedes and said, hi, yeah, we need some estate cars for all of every member of parliament in North Korea. Can we please have 4,000 Volvos? So the Swedes said, yeah, absolutely. Of course you can. So they made 4,000 Volvos. They shipped them over to North Korea and it never got paid. <laughs> so the North Koreans stole, I think it's 4,000 cars wow. from Sweden. Um, and just like that, I think <laughs> you can imagine That's the kind brilliant. of Swedish export authorities, but... We're you did getting... get the cash up from <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. We're not getting paid for that. Oh, is that? Oh no, someone's got someone's got to tell Volvo. Wow. So yeah, the uh, North Koreans hold the world record for the largest ever car theft in history. Wow. Well, right. that, that was question one, really. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Question, yes. So because this is sort of quick fire guesses, I've, I've done five. Is that right? Absolutely fine. Yeah, I've, 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 I've taken you off the leash. I said, yep. go go for it, doggy. Okay. Make the quiz as long as you want. When you say goggy, doggy, doggy. I meant to say, but that, but. <laughs> I've had a, a, most of a passion star martini, which has made my head feel very warm. It has, yeah, I'm my brain is currently being cuddled yeah. by Mr. Mark and Spencer. <laughs> okay, uh, to the nearest 10 centimetres, what is the current world record for the furthest distance squirting milk from the eye? Brilliant. Question I'm one. I'm glad it was eye at the end there. Yes, yes. Uh, question two. Uh, Nick Vermoulen has the world's largest collection of airline sick bags. Two points on offer here. How many does he have and from how many airlines? <laughs> Dalibor Jablanovic of Serbia holds the world record for the most number of spoons balanced on his body. Obviously, he's standing up. Uh, Obviously. But how many did he balance? USA, uh, question four. USA hairdresser Steve Walden started collecting the hair from his salon to make the world's largest hairball. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you have to watch that video. That's a good video. <laughs> yeah. Beat but, him, Max. Yeah, That's yeah. a video for you. Yeah, I yeah, broke yeah. the world record for <laughs> oh, world's yeah. largest yeah. hairball. Oh. <laughs> is that a thumbnail? <laughs> but how heavy is it in kilos? <laughs> Uh, question five. How many people took part in the current record for largest human mattress dominoes? I've I've seen I I, I have seen that happen. I, I didn't I didn't make it. Well, sorry, can I ask say Max says I'm fair advantage, what is human mattress dominoes? So you are you're you know how you know a domino rally? Yes. Yes, so you're a human, you have a mattress strapped to your back, someone pushes you over and you hit another person with a mattress strapped to their back. So isn't it almost being like like Strapped, strapped to a, a mattress in yeah. a corner, like crucifixion-esque yeah. yes. kind of style, and then they fall. They back. fall backwards, and they, you fall they backwards, go, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you can fall horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really also, yeah. yeah. the yeah. most number of people who've suffocated yeah. in one go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, w wonderful. I guess. Um, <laughs> thank you, Dan, for that. And it's now time to leave. For those of you who do not support The Moon Underwater on Patreon, if you don't subscribe, you head to moonunderpod.com and sign up to get ad-free extended episodes a day early, a monthly bonus podcast, and access to The Moon Underwater Social Club on Facebook. We'll see you soon in part two, where we'll be continuing to create Max's Dream Pub.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week, and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.